Harvard Divinity School. Words Surviving Siege and War, Poems from Gaza, March 21st, 2022. Hello, um, my name is Sherab Law. I'd like to welcome you to this event, Words Surviving Siege and War, Poems from Gaza. So I'm the editor-in-chief of Peripheries, a literary and arts journal published out of the Center for the Study of World Religions at Harvard Divinity School. And this event is a reading of the folio from the last issue of Peripheries. Each year we invite guest editors to collate poems to a certain theme. These are poems that without those guest editors we would not have access to or we wouldn't even know of. So last year I contacted Mosab Abu Toha um, to edit, who was then, he was then a visiting poet and scholar at risk at Harvard. And I invited Taysia um, Abu Oda to join him. We gave to um, collate a folio, a special folio of poems on um, new poetry from Gaza. And we gave a deadline of May, 2020 um, to get that collation to us. And we couldn't have known that this would correspond to last year's devastating siege of Gaza. So many of the poems you're about to hear today, um, they were written, translated or edited during that period. And I think you'll hear they carry the urgency and the devastation of it. As we're heading now into Ramadan, the lunar anniversary also of last year's events, um, we wanted to invite the editors and the poets to read to us from that collection from last year's issue of Peripheries. Many of the poems you're going to hear are in Arabic. They will all be translated. If you have a hard copy of the journal, and I'll also link um, a dig the digital copy so you can follow along, you'll see that we played with translation, sometimes retaining the Arabic in places, um, including difficult to translate terms. Um, so you can think about this as you're listening to the translations for those who can't understand Arabic um, and think about what the limits of translation is in a, pro in a project like this. Um, so I, can, I will uh, link uh, uh, to the digital copy. You can also buy hard copies of the journal through Grolia, our lovely poetry bookshop who are co-sponsoring this event. This event will go for one hour. Um, if we have time at the end, there will be questions, but um, the questions that we don't get to, or if we don't get to questions at all, I will send them to the speakers, the readers and the poets and um, editors. And also this event is being recorded for the archive at the Woodbury Poetry Room. So let me introduce um, Mosab, who was um, the, one of the guest editors of the collection, also himself a poet, He's a Palestinian poet, fiction writer, and essayist from Gaza. He is the founder of the Edward Said Public Library. And in 2019 to 2020, as I said, he was a visiting poet and scholar at Harvard University. Um, he gave talks and poetry readings at the University of Pennsylvania, at Temple University, and the University of Arizona with Noam Chomsky, and the 2020 American Library Association exhibits. His work has appeared in Poetry, The Nation, Benepal, Solstice, Arrowsmith, Marcus Review, The New Arab Alayyam, 
Harvard Human Rights Journal, among others, including peripheries. Moseb is the author of Things You May Find Hidden in My Ear, Poems from Gaza, forthcoming from City Lights Books in April 2022. And I'll hand this over to Moseb now. Many thanks, uh, Shira. <clears throat> and many thanks to the Center for the Study of World Religions. It's my huge honor to be part of this event. Um, <clears throat> So this, this special folio wouldn't exist without the space Peripheries Journal offered to us or without uh, the extraordinary and creative work of the poets included. All of the poets, as Shira mentioned in this folio, are refugees, and some of them were raised and still live in, ref in refugee camps in Gaza. Every, poets, every poet has lost a family member, a friend, or a neighbor. Some have had their houses or workplaces destroyed and all live in the nightmares of the never ending waves of terror. Between 2008 and 2021 alone, Gazans have been subjected to four extremely disproportionate attacks by Israel with every assault claiming the lives of hundreds of civilians, mostly women and children. While one poet lives in exile, uh, my, co my, my colleague Taisir Abu Ode, most have never been able to leave Gaza because of the blockade. It's nearly impossible for a Gazan to secure a visa outside. Four of the uh, included poets in this collection were born after 1990. They were born just before the signing of the Oslo Accords in 1993 and the formation of the Palestinian Authority in 1994. They have watched Israeli helicopters firing rockets at cars and buildings. They have joined marchers carrying martyrs through the streets to the cemetery. They have lived the horrors and the devastating 2006 Israeli attack on Lebanon and Gaza. And then the 2008, the 2011, the 2014, and most recently the May 2001 attacks. Most of the poems in this collection were written, as Shira mentioned, during or after the May attacks this year. Finally, I would like to stress how essential it is to showcase the creative work of Gazan writers. From the poetry of Mahmoud Darwish until today, Palestinian poetry is the poetry of resistance and resilience. The poetry of searching for, for beauty buried under the rubble or beneath uprooted olive trees. Here, a beauty constellates with the political. The subjective eye aligns with the collective we, and the aesthetic is freedom, as Darwish once put it. Gazan poets are an extension of all other poets in the world, from the east to the west, who translate into words the ever-present and continuing sigh let out by the first human in such a disturbed world. I would like to introduce our first poet, Nasser Rabah, is a Palestinian poet and writer who was born in Gaza. He lives, he still lives there today, where he has published five poetry collection, collections and one novel in Arabic. Some of his poetry has been translated into English and French among, among other languages. Rabah is a member of the General Union of Palestinian Writers. Please, Nasser. Nasser. مساء الخير مصعب مساء الخير جميع الزملاء اعتقد الاسم شيلا يا مصعب شيرا اه بس لو سمحت تشرب الكلمه شكرا يا مصعب 
اوكي تمام تمام شكرا على التقديم مصعب وشكرا لجميع الحضور الان ساقدم قصيدتين صغيرتين كتبتا اثناء الاحداث التي توالت على قطاع غزه رساله الى الطيار الذي يعود الى قاعدته بعد قصف غزه الى الطيار الذي يعود الان الى مدرج الموقع العسكري بعد قصف غزه ربما تخلع الان تلك الخوذه الثقيله وتبتسم لمستقبليك ربما يهنئونك بالعوده السالمه من المهمه الخطيره ولكنك الوحيد الذي يعرف الحقيقه حقيقه ما فعلته عار علي عار عليك يجب ان تضع التراب على راسك وان تبصق على وجهك في المراه هل هذا كل ما تعلمته ان تقاتل البيوت والارصفه دون مضادات ارضيه لطائرتك المجهزه للمناوره والكر والفر دون اشتباك جوي مع طائرات اخرى اخجل من نفسك وانت تشاهد الان على التلفاز صغار نفس الانقاض يلوحون باصبعي النصر في وجهك حتى وهم ميتون ترجم يا مصعب ولا اقرا النص الثاني اقرا اقرا النص اقرا النص الثاني اوكي بيضه في مقلات فجاه تنقطع الكهرباء تشرب الحياه كوبا من الصمت تنهي دوامها الرسمي وتجلس كي تستريح البيوت ترتدي ثيابها الممسيه على حبال العتمه الشبابيك صناديق البريد ساعه الحائط تكف عن الانتظار يمتنع الفقهاء عن الثرثره والشهداء يؤجلون موتهم فيما يسترخي الوقت كبيضه في مقلات تنقطع الكهرباء فنشم رائحه للحياه كامراه تخرج للتو من سريرها اكتفي بهذا القدر من النص لانه هو الذي ترجم فقط يعني اوكي اوكي هلا ميوت خلينا نترجم اوكي سو ناصر ريد تو اوف هيز بويمز انكلودد ان ذيس ايشو اوف ذا جورنال ذا فيرست بويم از تايتل لتر تو ذا بايلوت ريتيرنينج تو ذا بيس افتر بومينج غازا يو مايت بي تيكينج اوف يور هيفي ميليتري هيلمت سمايلينج تو ذوز هو جريت يو And they might be congratulating you on a safe return from a very risky mission. But you are the only one who knows well what you have done. Shame on you. Shame on you. Spread dust over your head. Spit at your face in the mirror. Is this all what you have been taught? To fight the houses and the streets have no missile against you? Your fighter jet that flees through the plainless, the plainless sky? And when you watch our children under the rubble on your TV screen, they wave their hands in victory, even when, are, when they are dead. The second poem, 
an egg in a frying pan. Suddenly, the electricity is off and life sips at a cup of silence, finishes its shift and sits, rests. Houses don the clothes left on their dark lines. Windows, mailboxes, and the clocks all stop waiting. Scholars refrain from chatting. Martyrs postpone death, but time spreads like an egg in a frying pan. The electricity is gone off and we smell a scent of life, like a woman just leaving her bed. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> thank you. Hello, hello everyone. Um, thank you very much. Uh, I would like uh, to extend my um, heartfelt thanks to Shara and to the wonderful teams of this um, great and wonderful um, team of Peripherals and Harvard University in particular. Um, regarding Hamid, uh, born in Libya in 1994, Hamid Ashur is a Palestinian poet living in Gaza. He obtained his BA in social work from Al-Quds Open University in Gaza. Hamid participated in the Young Writers Contest organized by the Qatan Foundation Palestine. His collection warns that Lick themselves received a special mention by the committee and was then published by Al-Ahliya Jordan in 2018. So uh, we would uh, listen to um, two pieces by Hamid Ashur. So the floor is yours, Hamid. Wow. 
وحيث أنني الآن تحت القصف كما دائما وتحت الدمار سيأتي التجار والفجار وتبدأ المؤتمرات ويفتح المزاد على البلاد وعلى ما تبقى من عباد سيشكلون لجنة لإعادة الإعمار وإعادة الأبراج والبيوت المهدمة وبيتنا يا حبيبتي بيتنا الصغير الذي سويناه حجرا على حجر ثم غرقنا في الديون والأقساط وغرقنا في الشجار على لون الكنب ولون الحيطان وفي أي مكان من حديقة بيتنا سنزرع شتلة العنب ستعاد لنا الشوارع والمآذن والحدائق والكهرباء وخطوط الماء أقول وقد توقف القصف من يعيد لشيماء الدماء شكرا أكتفي تقريبا بهذا القدر تقريبا سنزفت الأربع دقائق المسموح لي فيها تفضل دكتور تيسير well. From Anas Ilyazizi to his fiancée, Shayma of Al-Awf, whose body he recovered after two days of searching. Well, Shayma, I love you too so very much and more. And again, I'm under attack since we hung up the telephone three days ago when five missiles hit your family's house since the dress rehearsal and the Hinna night, since our last words together, our state of happiness, since Eid and Yululation, since neighbors, friends, and wedding dates, since our first postponed child and your first stubbornness, I say, I only want one. You say, no, I want a clan. I love you so much and more, and again, I'm under attack, my hand in my pocket, my mind in its place. I say, oh, Shayma, a warplane has passed by, the bell and the minaret have fallen, and you say, it's all right, the dogs remain. I say, they have smashed the window. You say, that's how lies freed. I love you so much, but now I'm under attack as always, and under rubble, traders and bastards will come, attend conferences, auction the land and its last few survivors from committees, reconstruct towers, and rebuild ruined houses. And our house, my love, our little home, we built stone by stone before bills and debts drowned us. And Quarrels overwhelmed us, the color of sofas and walls, and where in our backward, backyard we would plant the grave seedlings. We will get back the streets, the minarets, the gardens, electricity, and water pipelines. I say, once the ceasefire takes hold, who could bring the blood back to Shayma? We will get back the streets, the minarets, and yards, the electrical lines and water pipes. I say the bombings stop, but who will restore Shaymar's blood? Thank you. Okay, now our next reader is uh, Naima Hassan. Naima Hassan is a Palestinian poet and prose writer. She has a degree in counseling 
Nama is a cultural activist and she heads two women's literary and cultural groups in South Gaza. She has two novels, When Flame Danced and It Wasn't Dead. She wrote a letter book titled Done by a Female Doer. Nama also co-authored a fourth book titled Memory Nests. Nama. حب إني أقرأ بالأول نص الأم في غزة كل عام والأمهات العالم كله بخير مناسبة يوم الأم نص الأم في غزة الأم في غزة لا تنام تنصت للعتمة تتفقد حواشيها تفرز الأصوات صوتا صوتا لتنتقي لها حكاية تليق بها تهدهد بها أطفالها وبعد أن يغفو الجميع تقف درعا أمام الموت الأم في غزة لا تبكي تجمع الخوف الغضب والدعاء, والدعاء في رئتيها وتنتظر أن ينتهي أزيز الطائرات ليتحرر الزفير الأم في غزة ليست ككل الأمهات تصنع الخبز بملح, بملح طازج من عينيها وتطعم أبنائها للوطن النص الثاني أكان العيد فخا أكان العيد فخا هكذا يتساءل الطفل الذي ثقب بالونه الملون القبر الذي اتسع لأمه وإخوته الخمسة كان مليئا بالهدايا لكنه لم يسمح له العدو مع طائرته الورقية ما زالت الطائرة في ركن الغرفة المهدم تنفض الغبار باستياء أبي سيصلحها قالها وهو يأوي لكفنه مطمئنا الصغيرة التي فقدت ذراعها على سرير المشفى تفكر هل تستطيع أن تحمل دميتها الشقراء بعد الآن؟ هل الأذرع تموت يا أمي؟ بائع ربابكيا يحمل ما تبقى من عربة الرجل المقعد بعد الغارة الأخيرة أصبح يجيد دفن الأشياء لا بيعها من يجيد تغيير خطة الحرب فليرفع إصبعه الأوسط أو ليصمت شكرا لكم العافية Many thanks Nama for reading these two poems In Gaza a mother never sleeps She listens to the dark searches its edges, sorts out sounds, sound by sound, to select a suitable story to read her kids to sleep. When they sleep, she stands up to shield them from death. A mother in Gaza does not cry. She holds up, she folds up fear, rage, and prayers in her lungs and waits for the hum of warplanes to fade, then exhales. A mother in Gaza is not like other mothers. She bakes bread with her own eyes salt. She feeds her children to the homeland. The second poem is, Was Eid a Trap? Eid means feast. Was Eid a Trap? Wonders the child whose balloons just popped. The grave where he rests with his mother and five siblings brims with gifts, but he can't run along with the kite. It's crumbling in the room's crumbling corner, 
still shuddering off the dust. That's going to fix it. He's certain as he heads to bed his coffin. The girl in the hospital cot who lost an arm wonders, can I still hold my blown toy? And is it true arms can die too, my mom? The junk seller carries off the wheelchair's remains. After the last airstrike, after the last airstrike, he excels at burying his wares, does not sell them. Who excels at altering the war plan? Raise a middle finger or shut up. Here we go. So uh, Walid al aqqad born in 1992. Walid al aqqad is Palestinian poet and short story write, writer, uh, writer from Gaza. He graduated from Palestine University with a degree in media. Walid occasionally writes plays as an undergraduate, he won the drama contest at Palestine University. So now uh, the floor is yours, Walid. لعبة الغميضة الأطفال يختبئون والجنود يخرجونهم بالقتائف لم تكن أقصان عظامنا المتناثرة فوق الخزان لم تكن زوبع أو إعصار كان انفجارا واحدا أحرق كل شيء بعد قذيفة مجهولة سكت طائر الحسوم إلى الأبد كنا تحت النار نحزن مع خوفنا أن يسقط الموت فوق رؤوسنا سقف فوق سقف هكذا نعرف البيوت من رائحة الحزن وألوان الشبابيك ورسائل الحب الذابلة تلتحم البيوت مع أصحابها الجسد مع الجدار العظام مع الحديد الطين مع الدم الذاكرة مع الموت نجمع صرخاتنا كلها نحشرها بأفواهنا المبحوحة خشية أن يسمعنا الموت تحب الرصاصة مداعبتنا تلعق بلسانها صدورنا وعندما تصل إلى النشوة تنتفض على قلوبنا انقلبت أيامنا خوف فرحتنا التي كنا نسميها عيد تلاشت كان الجندي يستمتع بقتل الأطفال كأنه يقدم هدية عيد ميلاد لابنته ولأننا بنظره أولاد هباء كان لا يترك الزناد إلا لحك مؤخرته شكرا um, Thank you Walid, thank you so much um, Before reading this poem I would like to say something quite interesting uh, When I got to translate this piece it resonates somehow with a saying with Nietzsche when he said, every name in history has a metaphysical eye. It's a kind of metaphysical and subjective eye that is impossible to be translated, but I did my best to render um, this uh, piece into English and to do justice to the original text. Soldiers play hide and seek 
with children. Children hide. Soldiers draw them out with bombs. They weren't branches our bones scattered over the water tank. They weren't whirlwind nor tornado. Everything's been burned up in one blast. After an anonymous shell, the tender bird silent forever. Under fire, we sat sad with fear. That death might fall over our heads. One roof above another roof. That's how we knew houses, by the smell of their grief, by the colors of windows, and all their ashen love letters, houses welded to their dwellers, a body to a wall, bones to iron, mud to blood, memory to death. Gather up our screams, all of them. Hide them in hoarse voices, or death will hear us. The bullet wants to flirt with me. Her tongue licks my chest. And when she reaches a climax, she pulls out my heart. The day we call Eid disperses into void, fearful void. The soldier once enjoyed killing children as if giving a Christmas gift to his daughter. Now he looks down, and in his eyes we are unworthy. So he doesn't release his trigger, but stops to scratch his ass. Thank you. Okay, so now our next reader is Taisir Abouda himself. Taisir is, Taisir is a writer and a translator from Jordan. He is currently an assistant professor of comparative literature at Amman al Ahliya University in Jordan. He received his PhD from Indiana University of Pennsylvania in 2016. From 2008 onward, Abu Ode has been a, per a permanent fellow of the Tokyo Foundation for Policy Research. He's also a section editor for post-colonial texts and a member of the International Advisory Board of the Journal of Holy Land and Palestine Studies at Edinburgh University. His latest book is titled The Consolations of Exile. It was published in 2019. Well, um, thank you, Musab. Thank you so much. Um, I will uh, just pick two pieces. Um, one entitled Morning. 39 times I came to my life, each time carrying my mother's stories, her stoic smile, her pain too. 39 times I experienced my private tragedy. Still, it estranges me. 39 times I put on my exile. Unlike neighbors, I never found my birthplace. I grew up a stranger at home. I carried Jerusalem's map on my shoulder. I waited for silence to speak. I began to narrate my story, but scars aren't meant to talk. For 39 years, I inherited my father's wounds. I forgot his words, but they sprouted beneath my skin. Like fungi grows in my body and soul, and my morning flowers in the backyard. And now, after 39 autumns, I'm a stranger to myself. 
a stranger to my childhood memories, its bitter groaning. I write my forgetfulness on the wall of history in my rose-colored blood with a lantern in my hand. And the last piece I want to read in, is dedicated to Gaza um, from a lullaby from Gaza. We've inherited ancient cores. We count martyrs, we count wounds. How many amputated legs? We record wrecked ships, buried dreams, and murdered goats. We survey slaughtered olive groves, count out our sleeping pills. We store memories in the attic of Arabic and stand in the rubble at dawn. We recall lullabies. We rename chrysanthemum, rename cities and citizens. We take the ally to what ends. We say every poem is a ladder up to the gates of Jerusalem. Thank you. Thank, <clears throat> thank you, Taysir, very much. Now it's, the, it's my turn to read. I'm going to read uh, the three poems that I contributed to this special folio. The three poems are included in my forthcoming book, which is uh, published by City Lights in April this year. So it's just a few weeks from now. The first poem is My City After What Happened Some Time Ago. The noose is tightening around the, the city's neck. Looters undress the city sell its clothes and jewelry to the monsters in the sea. Trees bear and, and heads down, blow their yellow leaves, try to cover the houses private, private parts, bathtubs filled with warm water for the new bride and groom. In the stall, they sell a photo of my grand, young grandmother. They didn't know she began to smoke when she got older. I wished I had a cigarette with me to put near the frame. I once tried to light a cigarette and smoke. I burned my finger and never tried again. My grandfather's cane leans against a dusty wall near my young father's school bag. Two men hurriedly grab the book, the books piled up below the stall, buy them for the first price the seller announces. Their hands vomit them into the sea close by. The world's eyes turn red with salt. The maps overdrink, and water seeps through their bellies. The city no longer exists, but in the holes in the air. Nowhere I have to go but to a new untrodden road. Silence of water. Fathers typing on keyboard. Mothers reading a morning newspaper aloud to cover neighbors' radio sound. Air from cracked windows sliding on ceiling lamp. Fly is losing balance sometimes. Black and white pictures on walls are searching for colors at night. Kettle on stove. One big drop powers down on roof. No lightning, no thunder. No clouds. It rains only on this house. Dust and concrete stuff noses of neighborhood. Water on stove no longer boils. Shrapnel has cut its throat. The last poem is In the War, You and Houses. You fight 
you die. You never know who won or lost, or if the war ever ended. When the bomb fell, the shrapnel cut your body's clothes, your flesh. It cut your country's flag, its landscape. The, they didn't find a place to bury you. They carried you on their shoulders, wandered in the neighborhood, stopped at your child's school and the old park. Everything saw you, except for the houses. Houses have packed their bags. Dust has erected a tent in the angles. Rust has landed with its worn out clothes on the tab and on the spoon. It steals from the water its soft slide, whereas the air sleeps on the spoon's rough earth, while you, you sleep on moving sand. Thank you so much, everyone. And I want to thank all the readers, but especially Mosab, especially Tessia, for all the work they did in putting this folio together. It was, as I said, that absolutely unbelievable time of May last year that we were all communicating with one another what we were going to publish, how we were going to translate it. And they dealt with each poet so sensitively and with such passion. Um, we There was one poet didn't get to speak because I believe she had has COVID. So um, we do have a little time for questions. Um, I don't see any yet. And it's hard. I mean, I think it's I was thinking of what question I could possibly ask now. It's difficult after those poems, especially to, to have a discussion. I would very much welcome um, hearing Mosab or Tessia speak a little bit about the importance of poetry from Gaza. Um, I know that at times poets can uh, feel some... <laughs> Like what, what is the point of writing a poem right now? Um, what, what format, what good does the format of poetry do? And I know that Mosab, you when we were having these kind of conversations, I think you spoke elegantly about this. Um, if you'd like to talk to that question and I'll watch and see if a few people have questions. Yeah. You have well, a I mean, question. Okay, good. Thank you again for hosting us and for giving us the opportunity to to put our work in this special folio. I'd like to talk about a little bit about the difficulty uh, that we in Gaza face uh, when it comes to getting books from uh, abroad. So Gaza is under siege. Uh, it has been under siege since 2007. It has been under occupation uh, since, since 1948. So it's, it's nearly very, very difficult for us to leave Gaza and not only leaving Gaza is very difficult, but it's it 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 also it's very it's also very difficult to come back to it uh, because of the uh, continuing uh, closure of the border crossing, whether between Gaza and Israel or Gaza and Egypt. Um, so, for example, when I wanted to return to Gaza when I was in the States uh, last year, I faced many difficulties in returning to Gaza because no one knew or had known uh, when the um, the border crossing will be open. And even we don't have an embassy in, in, in America to for, for me to reach out to and, and ask such questions. So I, it was very terrible for me and I felt very 
anxious and very worried about my, the timing of my return, when to, for example, when to book a flight back to Egypt and whether I, I was allowed to stay in Egypt for a few days before the uh, the crossing border opens. So this this kind of question. So it's not only about us as, as people, but it, it's also about books. So for example, last time, Taisir, who is the co-editor of this special folio with me, so he wanted, he, he sent me uh, his uh, book to which I referred in his introduction. So he, sent, so he lives in Amman in Jordan, just four hours by car from Gaza. So he sent the, uh, the book by DHL from Amman to Gaza. So the book went on a journey. So the book went from Amman to uh, Dubai in, in the Emirates, United Arab Emirates. And from Dubai, the book went to Frankfurt in Germany. And then the book traveled from Frankfurt in Germany to Tel Aviv and from Tel Aviv to Gaza. So you can imagine how, how uh, very well, how very uh, indirect uh, our lives uh, go forward. So this is uh, just one example of the difficulties that we in Gaza face. And the same thing happened to the to the magazine to the journal that we received in Gaza. It took about uh, six or seven weeks for the journalists to come to Gaza, and it's even not uh, very easy to track uh, any shipment that's coming to Gaza. I think we have some questions here. Yeah, um, maybe I'll just read a question that we've just been asked. So. Everything you have just said, this, sorry, this is from Sam Galanon. Everything you have just said, both the poems themselves and your commentary on them bear witness to the incredible difficulty of the circumstances in which you are living. Could you comment on the way in which this affects your creative process? How do you keep focused and stay productive? Or on the other hand, is this difficulty instead the source of your motivation and energy to write and produce art? You can also translate it to Arabic for our other parts if you want, Mosab. Yeah, so Shabab هل هذا هل هذه الصحبة ممكن تكون أحد مصادر الإبداع والطاقة التي تجعلنا نكتب بشكل إبداعي؟ إذا حد حابب يجاوب ممكن يتكلم. I can answer in the meanwhile until someone. Do you want to speak, Taisir? Yes, I would I would like to add something relevant to your response and your comment, Masab, and to the question just raised. Um, first of all, uh, I wouldn't pretend that I can't put myself in your shoes, guys. I'm literally out of place. I haven't been to Gaza, but I can. I just can't imagine. And, and writing would give me the chance, would give me the forum um, in order just to imagine how people of Gaza look like and how what kind of you know siege is inflicted on every single person in Gaza. But honestly, uh, 
just grappling with this question, what can poetry do in the time of catastrophe? A question raised by Darwish, raised by Marid al-Barwuti and many other writers. So how to create and forge a, a kind of sense and meaning out of this, you know, chaos, out of this uh, very um, crazy situation, and especially when it comes to the uh, catastrophe that is befalling people in Gaza at the same time. The sense of denial, this is one of the most central things ever when it comes to the whole question of Palestine. But still some people uh, believe or know nothing about what's going on on the ground. So poetry for me uh, basically is a forum, is a window through which I can at least uh, flesh out my own catastrophe and at the same time create a sense of solidarity. But I wouldn't go so utopian because poetry is part of literature. We can change reality, but at least we can uh, create a cultural uh, space, a cultural site for resistance. And, and this is one of the most powerful things ever when it comes to the cultural hegemony uh, for Palestinian people. Um, and absolutely, uh, following that paradigm, I would say, it's extremely important to keep in mind how significant writing looks like, how timely it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I would like to add by saying that uh, the circumstances that we are experiencing every day on a daily basis in Gaza is sometimes uh, a drive for us to write because to write your feelings is something that you can use as a way of uh, healing. So when I write about what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling, it's a way for me to understand uh, why I'm thinking in this way or in that way. It's a way for me to record for the people around me or the people who will be born after me that this is how we live. It's, it's a kind of documentation. And on the other side, writing about other people's lives is something that I feel uh, mandatory because these people who died under the rubble of their houses, just the poem that uh, Hamid wrote about uh, Shayma Abul Auf, who was killed under the rubble of her house. So Hamid was trying to revive this, this uh, girl he was trying to imagine her while she is under the rubble. So we are giving life to people who died. We are imagining how they died, what they were feeling before they, 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 they left us in this world. So writing is, is a creative process, but sometimes you do not sometimes choose to write. It's, it's a call. It, it, it tells you, please write me. Please describe, please feel for us, tell us how you feel. It's it's a call and we feel that we need to write because it's it's something that we need to do to share with other people how we feel. And it's also for us, I sometimes write for myself and so sometimes I write for my son who will grow up one day and, and I will share my books and my poems with him so he will see what he was doing as a kid. So I'm not all the time writing about wars, 
I'm writing about my family. I'm writing about the garden. I'm writing about the sunset. So it's, it's, it's part of our lives in Gaza to try to keep what we are say, seeing in our lives by way of words. Do you have other questions? Uh, um, there is a question that's probably important to ask is, um, Leith Awad, um, what advice do you have for Palestinian writers? It's probably important to give some advice, encouragement. Okay. Well, I think connecting with other people outside, because in Gaza, we live under siege, we live under occupation. It's not uh, very usual to see a foreigner in Gaza, except if, if he or she is a foreigner, uh, or a, sorry, if he or she is a journalist or a human rights activist. So you do not, you do not usually see tourists in Gaza for you to speak to or share your, share your experiences. So I think social media is giving us a space to connect with other people who, uh, might be interested in our work. So having uh, a circle of friends who are interested in your uh, area of uh, artistic creativity, such as poets, such as essays, such as uh, paint, uh, artists. Uh, so I think this is good advice uh, to be in touch with other people outside because if it wasn't for me uh, connecting with other people outside Gaza, I wouldn't be able to connect with the, the journal or with the University of Harvard or with my publisher. So keeping in touch with people outside and, and sharing your work, sharing your work and just letting the word out and someone will hear it and he will, they will say, okay, you are speaking uh, well, we need to hear more. Taysia, do you have advice for people living in exile? Um, well, um... That's a difficult question for me in particular, uh, especially uh, I wouldn't imagine myself as someone who's given advice for people. But um, in response to that question, I would say the following. Um, the best way to, you know, just make our cause and make our catastrophe circulated across the globe is to particularize our catastrophe and universalize it at the same time. I, the best way to do that is to, as Mus'ab said, is to narrate our story. We, we, we're not, most of the time, sometimes people are waiting for someone else to write his story, and that sounds very contradictory. So don't, I think following Edward Said, a piece of advice, the permission to narrate. We have the capacity to narrate our stories and to keep narrating our stories and not to get you know, tired of narrating the same story again and again. But of course, I think it's enough of what we call the rhetoric of victimization. And, and what, what I find very interesting about the pieces that I translated, most of them related to something very, uh, mundane. It has to do with the everyday lives, the local lives of Palestinian people living under siege. And it uh, conveys something very peculiar about their, you know, inner uh, lives, what we call a dakhili Palestinian. So this inside, the inside of Palestine is, is a truly worth narrating and fleshing out at the same time by artists, by writers, by poets. So the best thing 
thing to do is to keep holding on to the process of writing. If I, if I may say something, uh, I've just uh, had the chance to see Elaine's uh, question about Ukraine and Russia. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's very sickening uh, to see the Western uh, reaction to the Russian invasion in, uh, um, in, in Ukraine, while not paying much attention to the siege and the bloodshed that takes place in every day in the West Bank and in Gaza. I mean, yesterday I was just seeing, uh, watching the match between Barcelona and Real Madrid in the Spanish uh, Football League. Uh, there was uh, that caption, uh, stop invasion. But no one, no one, it, it, it never happened that the, the European uh, uh, official uh, sides or uh, whether in football or in, in economics, etc., had said any, anything to do with Gaza or the West Bank or Syria or in other Arab countries or maybe third world countries, as, as they call it. It's really disappointing uh, to see that there is blood that is more precious than other blood. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really very disappointed and I think it's unfair and it's inhuman uh to to watch this uh double standards that's used by many european countries may, may i say something just in uh, response to musab's point as far as the uh, discourse of oblivion is concerned uh, i guess uh, i i just uh, remember a brilliant uh, quotation of adorno that has to do with the idea of articulating our suffering. So your suffering is not uh, that unique sometimes, but at the same time, uh, you feel uh, that you want to make your suffering written or you make your suffering circulated or you make... So the best thing to do is, as, as Adorno said, is to let suffering speak. And I think the best thing to let our suffering speak is through art, is through, through you know, all of these uh, spaces of literature and of course culture. Uh, but again and again, I, I believe strongly that multiple generations or young generations of Palestine are capable to make this uh, suffering and to make their cause alive uh, every now and then. Yeah, one, one last word for me. I, I, I very much hope that uh, the war in Ukraine comes to an end because I know what it means to be under attack, under uh, military attacks. Uh, I hope peace will uh, dominate the world, although it's it's very un, uh, uh, unlikely that it will be the case. But I hope that no more blood will uh, would be shed, uh, whether in Europe or in Asia or in Africa, because God just created us and no one has the right to end any life. is ending on a prayer which feels appropriate so let me just close by thanking you both and we're going to keep um, up with your careers and your poetry and we're going to keep reading what you write and so just taking this moment from everyone from the audience from Centre for the Study of 
well, religions from Harvard Divinity School and from peripheries, just to really thank you for your words and your time and for sharing with us. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sponsors, Center for the Study of World Religions, Grolier Poetry Bookshop. Copyright 2022, the President and Fellows of Harvard College.